Good morning, Sonship, and welcome to A Course in Miracles daily conference call where we gather and read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. So at this holy instant, I'm going to ask Reverend Regis if we have any updates or news that we should be knowing about. Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> Sorry, I put you on the spot. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I love it. Um, the, the sale is... It didn't happen November 1st. I'm thinking it's going to happen uh, in the soon, probably in the middle of the month. Uh, it's our holiday sale, and it's going to be 20% off. Uh, so it's coming, and I will let you know when that sale will be. I also want to mention that um, we're really excited about the Spanish edition. As you know, it took 15 years to come about. Mm-hmm. I have just added the Kindle. Spanish, available oh, for great. like yeah, it's like nine ninety five, and and the EPUBs there too to read in iBooks and on your tablet. But now we have the Kindle and we have the PDF. Three ways of getting the Spanish in ebook. So check that out. It's under uh, Espanol under the appropriate Wonderful. menu. Yeah. So thanks for the opportunity, Chris, and I'll let everyone know it's it's. Uh, I know you're waiting with bated breath. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, a idea. Why don't you change Black Friday to White Light Friday, and then you can, you can market all the products on uh, for, for all your ACIM friends for Christmas. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Great. That's right. That's cool. White Friday. Thanks. All righty. Terrific. All right, so to access an original edition, you can go to jcim.net, which um, for those who do not know, Reverend Regia is the webmaster, and so that's why we get all the inside scoop first. Um, and you'll click the link on the homepage that will say original edition. We gather Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we read each paragraph twice slowly until we're finished with our reading assignment of the day. At that time, we open up the call for sharing, and when we share, we say our name. When we're finished, we let everyone know by saying, I am complete. We continue our workbook lesson practice where we remember when anyone is reading, speaking, listening now or later, that they are the Son of God. And we also invite our daily workbook lesson. It's lesson number 307 today. Conflicting wishes cannot be my will. And finally, we ask that you mute your phone at all times unless you're speaking by using your own mute function on your device. So has anyone joined the call that would like to announce they're here, get on the reading list, say good morning, all that good stuff? Uh, good morning, it's Mary. I can read. Thanks, Mary. All right, so we have in order Lee, Reverend Rija, Sharon, Fran, Carl, Mary, Paula, and Micah, and Rob's listening. And Micah will probably jump on. So in this holy instant, I'm going to turn the call over to Reverend Rija for morning prayer. Reverend Rija? Uh, yes, Okay. We'll begin with a centering, a quieting. We relax our body and our breath and our thoughts. And so we close our eyes and draw that awareness within. And it's actually a, a way of becoming mindful. We can do this all through the day to become more mindful, more aware of every moment, every holy instant. Today, we have our lesson to be mindful of, and that is, quote, conflicting wishes cannot be my will, unquote. And in this lesson, we have a beautiful prayer. We'll listen now to that prayer. We'll listen from that place of stillness. Actually, it's that changeless dwelling place we read of today. And here's the prayer, quote, Father, your will is mine and only that. There is no other will for me to have. Let me not try to make another will, for it is senseless and will cause me pain. Your will alone can bring me happiness and only yours exists if I would have what only you can give I must accept your will for me 
and enter into peace where conflict is impossible. Your son is one with you in being and in will, and nothing contradicts the holy truth that I remain as you created me. And with this prayer, we enter silently into a state where conflict cannot come because we join our holy will with God's in recognition that they are but one. So we'll just spend just a few moments opening to that silent dwelling place where there is no conflict. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Rachel. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So, okay. So we're reading 29, section 6, the dwelling place, through through 42? Yep. 6 and 7. Okay. Here we go. The changeless dwelling place, 31. There is a place in where, there is a place in you where this whole world has been forgotten where no memory of sin and of illusion lingers still. There is a place in you which time is left and echoes of eternity are heard. There is a resting place so still, no sound except the hymn to heaven rises up to gladden God the Father and the Son. Where both abide are they remembered both, and where they are is heaven and is peace. And think not that you can change their dwelling place, for your identity abides in them, and they are, forever must you be. Lee, 31 and 32, please. There is a place in you where this whole world has been forgotten, where no memory of sin and of illusion lingers still. There is a place in you which time is left, and echoes of eternity are heard. There is a resting place so still, no sound except a hymn to heaven rises up to gladden God the Father and the Son. Where both abide, are they remembered both. And where they are is heaven and is peace. Think not that you can change their dwelling place. For your identity abides in them. And where they are, forever must you be. 32. The changelessness of heaven is in you. So deep within that nothing in this world but passes by, unnoticed and unseen. The still infinity of endless peace surrounds you gently in its soft embrace. So strong and quiet, tranquil in the might of its creator. Nothing can intrude upon the sacred Son of God within. Here is the role the Holy Spirit gives to you who wait upon the Son of God and would behold him waken and be glad. He is a part of you and you of him because he is his Father's Son and not for any purpose you may see in him. Nothing is asked of you but to accept the changeless and eternal that abide in him. For your identity is there. The peace in you can but be found in him. And every thought of love you offer him but brings you nearer to your awakening to peace eternal and to endless joy. Thank you, Lee. Reverend Regia, 32 and 33, please. Okay, 32. The changelessness of heaven is in you, so deep within that nothing in this world but passes by, unnoticed and unseen. The still infinity of endless peace surrounds you gently in its soft embrace, so strong and quiet, tranquil in the might of its creator, Nothing can intrude upon the sacred Son of God within. Here is the role the Holy Spirit gives to you 
who wait upon the Son of God and would behold him waken and be glad. He is a part of you and you of him because he is his Father's Son and not for any purpose you may see in him. Nothing is asked of you but to accept the changeless and eternal that abide in him for your identity is there. The peace in you can but be found in him. And every thought of love you offer him but brings you near to your awakening to peace eternal and to endless joy. 33. This sacred Son of God is like yourself, the mirror of his Father's love for you, the soft reminder of his Father's love by which he was created and which still abides in him as it abides in you. Be very still and hear God's voice in him and let it tell you what his function is. He was created that you might be whole, for only the complete can be a part of God's completion which created you. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Sharon, 33 and 34, please. The sacred Son of God is like yourself, the mirror of his Father's love for you, the soft reminder of his Father's love by which he has created, he was created, and which still abides in him as it abides in you. Be very still and hear God's voice with it in him and let it tell you what his function is he was created that you might be whole for only the complete can be a part of God's completion which created you there is no gift the father asks of you but that you see in all creation but the shining glory of his gift to you Behold his Son, his perfect gift, in whom his Father shines forever, and to whom is all creation given as his own. Because he has it, is, is it given you, and where it lies in him, behold your peace. The quiet that surrounds you dwells in him, and from this quiet come the happy dreams in which your hands are joined in innocence. They are not hands that grasp in dreams of pain. They hold no sword, for they have left their hold on every vain illusion of the world. And being empty, they receive instead a brother's hand in which completion lay. Thank you, Sharon. Fran, 34 and 35, please. There is no gift the Father asks of you, but that you see in all creation but the shining glory of his gift to you. Behold his Son, his perfect gift, in whom his Father shines forever, and to whom is all creation given as his own. Because he has it, is it given you? And where it lies in him, behold your peace. The quiet that surrounds you dwells in him. And from this quiet come the happy dreams in which your hands are joined in innocence. These are not hands that grasp in dreams of pain. They hold no sword, for they have left their hold on every vain illusion of the world. And being empty, they received instead a brother's hand in which completion lies. 35. If you but knew the glorious goal that lies beyond forgiveness, you would not keep hold on any thought, however light the touch of evil on it may appear to be, for you would understand how great the cost of holding anything God did not give in minds that can direct the hand to bless and lead God's son unto his father's house. Would you not want to be a friend to him, created by his father as his own? If God esteems him worthy of himself, would you attack him with the hands of hate? Who would lay bloody hands on heaven itself and hope to find its peace? 
Your brother thinks he holds the hand of death. Believe him not. But run instead. How blessed are you who can release him just by offering him yours. Thank you, Fran. Carl, 35 and 36, please. If you but knew the glorious goal... Excuse me. Let me start over. If you but knew the glorious goal that lies beyond forgiveness, you would not keep hold on any thought, however light the touch of evil on it may appear to be. For you would understand how great the cost of holding anything that God did not give in minds that can direct the hand to bless and leads and lead God's Son unto his Father's house. Would you not want to be a friend to him, created by his Father as his home? If God esteems him worthy of himself, would you attack him with the hands of hate? Who would lay bloody hands on heaven itself and hope to find its peace? Your brother thinks he holds the hand of death. Believe him not. But learn instead how blessed are you who can release him just by offering him yours. 36. A dream is given you in which he is your savior, not your enemy in hate. A dream is given you in which you have forgiven him for all his dreams of death. A dream of hope you share with him instead of dreaming evil, separate dreams of hate. Why does it seem so hard to share this dream? Because unless the Holy Spirit gives the dream its function, it was made for hate and will continue in death's services. Each form it takes in some way calls for death. And those who serve the Lord of death have come to worship in a separated world, each with his tiny spear and rusted sword to keep his ancient promises to die. Thank you, Carl. Um, Mary, 36 and 37, please. A dream is given you in which he is your savior, not your enemy in hate. A dream is given you in which you have forgiven him for all his dreams of death. A dream of hope you share with him instead of dreaming evil, separate dreams of hate. Why does it seem so hard to share this dream? Because unless the Holy Spirit gives the dream its function, it was made for hate and will continue in death's service. Each form it takes in some way calls for death. And those who serve the Lord of death have come to worship in a separated world, each with his tiny spear and rusted sword to keep his ancient promises to die. 37. Such is the core of fear in every dream that has been kept apart from use by him who sees a different function for a dream. When dreams are shared, they lose the function of attack and separation, even though it was for this that every dream was made. Yet nothing in the world of dreams remains without the hope of change and betterment, for here is not where changelessness is found. Let us be glad indeed that this is so, and seek not the eternal in this world. Forgiving dreams are means to step aside from dreaming of a world outside yourself, and leading finally beyond all dreams unto the peace of everlasting life. Thank you, Mary. Paula, 37, please. Such is the core of fear in every dream that has been kept apart from use by him who sees a different function for a dream. When dreams are shared, they lose the function of attack and separation, even though it was for this that every dream was made. Yet nothing in the world of dreams remains without the hope of change and betterment. For here is not where changelessness is found. Excuse me. 
Let us be glad indeed that this is so and seek not the eternal in this world. Forgiving dreams are means to step aside from dreaming of a world outside yourself and leading finally beyond all dreams unto the peace of everlasting life. Amen. Thank you, Paula. Let's open up the floor. All I can say is, wow, (laughs) this is so incredibly beautiful. Thank you, I'm complete. Thank you. All right, I'll go with Chris. So this morning um, when I was getting ready, obviously for the wrong reading, (laughs) um, we're in the, John and I live, we used to have a home, I used to have a home office, lots of quiet space to really prepare and get ready. And now it's like a little crowded. So he's walking around and I'm allowing everything to irritate me. And then my mind just goes to this other thought, thinking of my girlfriend, Catherine, who's going through a divorce. And the thought of if she would just understand the magnificence within her, nothing would ever bother her and she would let this go. And then all of a sudden, it just washed over me like this huge wave of peace. It's not her, it's you. And it's in paragraph 33, it all makes sense. The sacred son of God is like yourself. I am so grateful for you show up every day to help me to wake up. And I'm just looking forward to more awakenings as my day goes. I'm complete. Yay. Wonderful for you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Beautiful share. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. That was beautiful. Sir Bryce, uh, I always take notice any time he says, if you but knew, in 35. In paragraph 35, it says in the second sentence, for you would understand how great the cost of holding anything God did not give in minds. God is giving something in my mind. It says in the next paragraph, a dream is given you. The next sentence, a dream is given you. If I but knew that there is a gift being given to me in every moment to see with Christ, a shared dream of love, and I but knew that. My own mind tricks myself whenever I conceive of a world that is not given, of anything that isn't given, and love, and purity, and peace. I make up something else as an idea that hurts me. There is a gift given. If that is the attunement of my mind, I am set free from evil dreams that I've conceived as separate. That's the dream I thought was given. I was given separation. It's not true. I'm loved. So are you. And I see it in you. When I magnify the truth that you are also a gift complete. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Beautiful, Bryce. Thank you. Thank you, Bryce. This is Carl. I, too, highlighted uh, uh, 35, Bryce, and uh, I really uh, appreciate what you said. And early on in, in uh, 35, he tells us how, how we are blocking the Holy Spirit's communication to us, which is constant. It never stops. It's always there. And uh, he says, if you but knew the glorious goal that lies beyond forgiveness, and then here's, for me, the, the key, you would not keep hold on any thought, on any thought, however like the touch of evil on it may appear to be, and that's what blocks the Holy Spirit's constant message to us. 
is our thoughts. And Reverend Regia, uh one of the first words you said in today's prayer was mindfulness. And for me, that is the key, to be mindful, to watch what goes on in my mind and observe the thoughts that I'm thinking. And as I think those thoughts, to not get caught up in the false thoughts, to simply let them pass on by, or if they have grabbed me and get my attention, then ask the Holy Spirit to help me to release them, to transform them. And the reason I want to do that is because I want to hear the constant message that the Holy Spirit has for me. So I, I really, 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 really like you would not keep hold on any thought, however light the touch of evil on it may appear to be. I'm complete. Thanks, Carl. That's great. Great, Carl. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That's great, Carl. Thank you. Thank you. It's Lee. I I um I get from this section, um, the idea that everything about what the course is leading me to, by way of a recognition of my authentic identity, is delivered to me when I'm willing to be guided to see you as you are. It's a follow-up on yesterday's uh, two sections, where. Um, I'm told if I'm willing to see you as you are, then you become a savior to me. That you then save me from the dream I made uh, in error. So it's, uh, this is just a little less esoteric, this one, than yesterday's too. But it's the same idea. You become the means of my delivery and my deliverance. There's something that he does right after what for me is the most beautiful sentence of this section. The beginning of 34 um, is a sentence that I've highlighted and remembered for a very long time in the Course. There is no gift the Father asks of you but that you see in all creation but the shining glory of his gift to you. My difficulty and the reason for my sense of separation is that I have not been able to achieve that. But if I can remember, that's what the Father asks of me, to be willing to be brought by Holy Spirit to that order of vision, to see in all creation but the shining glory of his gift to me. That's a big, big portal into... Um, into the healing of my mind and the healing of my belief in um, separation. Right after that, he begins speaking a great deal of one metaphor. And the metaphor he chooses for, the next, for this paragraph and the next is the metaphor of hands. Hands that extend or hands that hold uh, instruments of death, hands that um, block, or hands that um, reach, hands that grasp in a sense of need, or those that are extended in a sense of help. Seven different times he uses this idea of hands. And as we walk through it, we see him use that sense of hands um, in all these different ways. Beginning just over the middle of 34, he says, the quiet that surrounds you dwells in him. And from this quiet come the happy dreams in which your hands are joined in innocence. That becomes like the bellwether for how my hand can be extended to you. These, he says, are not hands that grasp in dreams of pain. They hold no sword, for they have left their hold on every 
vain illusion of the world. And being empty, they received instead a brother's hand in which completion lay. He'll return to that theme at the end of the next paragraph, that I can let go of what my hands have been grasping and in that openness have my hand available to reach out and join yours. And about the second sentence of the next paragraph, he says, would you, uh, for you would understand how great the cost of holding anything God did not give in minds that can direct the hand to black and lead God's son into his father's house. Understand how great the cost of holding anything God did not give in minds that can direct the hand to bless and lead God's son into his father's house. That's what our hands can do for one another. That again is repeating this theme that if I see you as you are, I extend my hand to you in a way that leads you unto your father's house. That's what you're able to do for me and it's what I'm able to do for you, but only in the context of forgiveness, only in the context of being open to having Holy Spirit show me what the truth of you is instead of all that I hold in unforgiveness toward you. This idea of hands uh, continues. Would you not want to be a friend to him created by his father as his father's home. You were created as God's home. Would I not want to be a friend to you created by your father as his home? If God esteems him worthy of himself, would you attack him with the hands of hate? Who would lay bloody hands on heaven itself and hope to find it's peace. Your brother thinks he holds the hand of death. Each of us do, I'm told in the Course. Each of us fears that on the other end of our hand is the hand of death and that that's the hand that each of us are extending to one another is our own belief in something fully opposed to the idea of immortal life which this section promises as our reality. Life eternal, it says. Each of us think we hold the hand of death and think that's the hand being extended in judgment from our brothers. Believe him not, he says, but learn instead how blessed are you who can release him just by offering him yours, your hand, how blessed are we who can release each other just by offering one another our hands in love instead of judgment. It's a beautiful little survey through this particular metaphor and I, and, uh, and I, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. No, we thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful, Lee. Thank you. This, this is Micah. I was uh, along the idea of, of hands. <clears throat> As I'm sitting here in my truck looking at the uh, the sh- the, um, the shopping center here and all the all these all these bodies walking around, it was um, the perception was so strong of skeletons walking around, uh, you know, dressed up. Uh, and you know, moved by muscles, and, uh, and and it was it was so curious. It, it was um, at first it was like, well, that that is, it was so clear that is not my brother. And and I started looking at you know at the end of the section that we were reading, forgiving dreams are means to step aside from dreaming of a world outside yourself. And leading finally beyond all dreams unto the peace of everlasting life. And, and I was wondering, well, where is this changeless dwelling place? And this guy, me, this Micah guy sitting in the truck, he, you know, he was a body you know, too. And, and, I, and then I, something shifted into realizing, no, we are not bodies. Um, 
And yet, you could feel that this dream that we're looking at of, I mean, it's incredible that these skeletons are walking around and they're all dressed up real pretty. They all have their own unique personalities. And, and yet you feel that that is just an effect in the dream of this mind that's dreaming. And, and, um, it's, and as I move away from the mica in the truck, to what is not changing, the changeless dwelling place. And then I look out and I realize I share that in the mind with all my brothers. And I'm, th- I'm thinking, Lee, of what you were just saying very beautifully about the hand that reaches out. The um, uh, love moves into the dream. And we, and we do reach out and, 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 our, the, and we do touch each other's hands and hold them in love. And when I had that near-death experience where the light was projecting into the hospital bed, the dream of the body, uh, and, and it was the, the light was the cause and the body was just an effect. And we're, we're looking at something so incredible. Um, and yet beyond it all is, is the changeless dwelling place that we're all you know, part of with God. And God is permeating the dream. God is in the coat hanger. God is in the wastebasket. But uh, anyway, I'm I'm complete. Thank you, Micah. Wow. Thanks, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Thanks, Micah. Thank you. Thank you, Micah. Beautiful. Thank you, Micah. Can I just say that? um, I'm sorry, Chris. Just one last comment. This there was a lot of uh, talk of 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 death and. and how the ego believes so firmly in death. Now the ego kind of um, directs the mind to relate to this life in terms of its outstanding belief in death. And, um, and oh, I was going to feature a sentence, but the sentence is actually in the next section. Maybe I will anyway. Um, that was unintended but I'll feature two sentences that we're about to read. Swear not to die, you holy son of God. You make a bargain you cannot keep. The son of life cannot be killed. He is as mortal as his father. That is, um, that is a, an affirmation for me that the Course asks that I take very deeply and make, my, make some peace with, um, knowing that... Um, that the way the ego has oriented me is uh, down a different road than that. So it's going to seem a little jarring, but um, or it may. Um, and yet, uh, you know, that's what that's what the course affirms for me as the truth of me. Thanks, I'm complete. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Lee. Well, we have another section to go. So let's roll into. Make sure I'm on the right. Forgiveness and peace. And Paula, 38. How willing are you to forgive your brother? How much did you, do you desire peace instead of endless strife and misery and pain? These questions are the same in different forms. Forgiveness is your peace, for herein lies the end of separation and the dream of danger and destruction, sin and death, of madness and of murder, grief and loss. This is the quote, sacrifice, salvation asks, and gladly offers peace instead of this. Thanks, Paula. Micah, are you able to read 38 and 39? I I could try, but Lee was uh, mentioned too that he sent me a little text that my paragraphs are breaking up differently, so uh, maybe I should pass. Why don't, why don't you try it? They're, they're probably fine if, it, if the next one begins. Yeah, okay. we, can, we can try just. Okay, here we go. Ready? Um, swear not to die, you holy son of God. <clears throat> you make a bargain that you cannot keep. The son of life cannot be killed. He is immortal as his father. What he is cannot be changed. He is the only thing in all the universe that must be one. What seems eternal, 
what seems eternal, all will have an end. The stars will disappear, and night and day will be no more. All things that come and go, the tides, the seasons, and the lives of men, all things that change with time and bloom and fade will not return. Where time has set an end is not where the eternal is. God's Son can never change by what men made of him. He will be as he was and he is, for time appointed not his destiny, nor set the hour of his birth and death. Forgiveness will not change him. Yet time waits upon forgiveness that the image the things of time may disappear because they have no use. Striving survives its purpose. I mean, nothing survives its purpose. If it be conceived to die, then die it must, unless it does not take this purpose as its own. Change is the only thing that can be made a blessing here where purpose is not fixed, however changeless it appears to be. Think not that you can set a goal unlike God's purpose for you and establish it as changeless and eternal. You can give yourself a purpose that you do not have, but you cannot remove the power to change your mind and see another purpose there. And that's where mine ends, right there. All right, so let's do this. The last paragraph we have is, Change is the greatest gift God gave to all that you would make eternal to ensure that heaven, excuse me, to ensure that only heaven would not pass away. Thank you, Micah. So do we have a new reader? You're welcome. Um, For 38, 39, and 40. Actually, 41. Has anyone joined the call? Bryce, can you read? Well, are, you asking for, are you asking for all four paragraphs, uh, Chris? Well, we missed, we missed 38, so I thought we could roll back over them. Oh, indeed. Okay. Forgive me. Um, that's okay. Bryce, are you able to read? Um, all right, Lee, would you roll us through 38 through 41, please? How willing are you to forgive your brother? How much do you desire peace? instead of endless strife and misery and pain? These questions are the same in different form. Forgiveness is your peace, for herein lies the end of separation and the dream of danger and destruction, sin and death, of madness and of murder, grief and loss. This is the sacrifice salvation asks and gladly offers peace instead of this. 39. Swear not to die, you holy Son of God. You make a bargain that you cannot keep. The Son of Life cannot be killed. He is immortal as his Father. What he is cannot be changed. He is the only thing in all the universe that must be one. What seems eternal, all will have an end. The stars will disappear, and night and day will be no more. All things that come and go, the tides, the seasons, and the lives of men, all things that change with time and bloom and fade, will not return. Where time has set an end is not where the eternal is. God's Son can never change by what men made of him. He will be as he was and as he is, for time appointed not his destiny, nor set the hour of his birth and death. Forgiveness will not change him, yet time waits upon forgiveness that the things of time may disappear because they have no use. 40. Nothing survives its purpose. If it be conceived to die, then die it must, unless it does not take this purpose as its own. Change is the only thing that can be made a blessing here. 
where purpose is not fixed. However changeless it appears to be, think not that you can set a goal unlike God's purpose for you and establish it as changeless and eternal. You can give yourself a purpose that you do not have, but you cannot remove the power to change your mind and see another purpose there. Change is the greatest gift God gave to all that you would make eternal to ensure that only heaven would not pass away. 41. You were not born to die. You cannot change because your function has been fixed by God. All other goals are set in time and change that time might be preserved, excepting one. Forgiveness does not aim at keeping time, but at its ending when it has no use. Its purpose ended, it is gone, and where it once held seeming sway is now restored the function God established for his son in full awareness. Time can set no end to its fulfillment, nor its changelessness. There is no death, because the living share the function their creator gave to them. Life's function cannot be to die. It must be life's extension, that it be as one forever and forever without end. Thank you, Lee. Reverend Regis, 41 and 42, please. Mm-hmm. Thank you, 41. You were not born to die. You cannot change because your function has been fixed by God. All other goals are set in time and change that time might be preserved, excepting one. Forgiveness does not aim at keeping time, but at its ending when it has no use. Its purpose ended, it is gone. And where it once held seeming sway is now restored the function God established for his son in full awareness. Time can set no end to its fulfillment, nor its changelessness. There is no death because the living share the function their creator gave to them. Life's function cannot be to die. It must be life's extension, that it be as one forever and forever without end. 42. This world will bind your feet and tie your hands and kill your body only if you think that it was made to crucify God's Son. For even though it was a dream of death, you need not let it stand for this to you. Let this be changed. And nothing in the world but must be changed as well. For nothing here but is defined as what you see it for. How lovely is the world whose purpose is forgiveness of God's Son. How free from fear. How filled with blessing and with happiness. And what a joyous thing it is to dwell a little while in such a happy place. Nor can it be for God in such a world. It is a little while till timelessness comes quietly to take the place of time. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Sharon, 42, are you still here? She might be in the car. I'm here, but I can't read. Sorry. Okay. No worries. Fran, 42, please. Fran, are you here? Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. This world will bind your feet and tie your hands and kill your body only if you think that it was made to crucify God's son. For even though it was a dream of death, you need not let it stay for this to you. Let this be changed, and nothing in the world but must be changed as well. For nothing here but is defined as what you see it for. How lovely is the world, whose purpose is forgiveness of God's son. How free from fear, how filled with blessing and with happiness. And what a joyous thing it is to dwell a little while in such a happy place. Nor can it be forgotten such a world. 
it is a little while till timelessness comes quietly to take the place of time. Amen. Thank you, Fran. The floor is open. Nothing here but is... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Reverend Rita. Oh, <laughs> oh just real quick. Um, thank you, Lee. Um, there we go. Uh, eternity. I am drawn so fully to the concept of eternity. And in 41, at the end, and I had the pleasure of reading that, life's function cannot be to die. It must be life's extension, that it be as one forever and forever without end. In other words, life's function is extension. And I'm seeing that more and more and more, that life is eternal extension. Whether I am extending, you know, love here in this uh, 3D or whatever place, whatever time. It never ends. It doesn't end. Life doesn't end. That's what's coming to me. I'm reading now Evidence of Eternity. And it's uh, brought to me by Karen, uh, who works in our Sims office. Shared it at the course group and shared it with me in an email. Um, it, the subtitles communicating with spirits for proof of the afterlife. The author is Mark Anthony, and his, his title is Psychic Lawyer. He is a lawyer, criminal lawyer, but he is fourth-generation psychic as well. Very interesting. And uh, actually, the forward to the book is by Kenneth Ring, if you know Kenneth Ring, who has done amazing research into uh, NDEs and does, and does just a psychic experience. So, uh, anyway, uh, there it is. Life's extension is its function, and there is no death. I'm complete thanks. Go ahead, Lee. <laughs> Thank you, Reverend Rija. Nice. I was just um, going to echo that last, uh, let's see, the, the phrase midway through that last paragraph, for nothing here but is defined is what you see it for. There's um, a liberation in that for me um, because it really does allow that everything have precisely the meaning I'm directed by the mind to assign it. And I can let that direction of my mind be guided by Holy Spirit or by ego. Um, things become uh, pretty, um, pretty disheartening all the way up to ghastly when I let the ego define what I imagine things to be for. But this alternative where he uh, recounts how differently everything can appear and appeal to me when I let Holy Spirit direct what I see everything for um, is just so beautiful. Nothing here but is defined as what you see it for. How lovely is the world whose purpose is forgiveness of God's Son, how free from fear, filled with blessing and with happiness. And what a joyous thing it is to dwell a little while in such a happy place. That is so um, wildly different than what the ego would tell me this world's about. That um, That becomes... Uh, the, my heart's desire is just increasingly progressively make myself available to where the Holy Spirit wants to take me in this shared dream of love rather than separate dreams of evil and fear. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, you guys provide me with a very beautiful reprise of the course's mental environment in the vibration coming from the bodies every morning, elicited by the mind that has chosen to have the gift, the dream that God sent to replace our own individual reasons for coming here. I really am enjoying this. Thank you all. Complete. Thank you, Rob.
Thanks, Rob. Glad Thank you, Rob. Rob. Got to drop to say goodbye to my love. I'll catch you on the after call. Okay. Talk to you later, Rob. See you, Rob. Hi, this is Fran. This this lesson, this chapter makes me aware of the fact that I wasn't born either. I wasn't born, and I'm not going to die. It's just, I think it's the first time this has ever sunk in like that. Truly, the life that I thought I had was not what I, what I am. Ah, I love it. I'm complete. Thanks, Fran. You know, I think this is Carl. I like to uh, often think of, and this is, uh, I don't think it's old and worn out. It's just uh, the way I like to think of life. Uh, it's like a play. And, uh, you know, we put on a costume. And uh, we go through this experience in the play. And then we take off the costume. And what we are has never changed. We're what put on the costume, even as we wear the costume. And when we take off the costume, we're still what we always were, always are. So I, I don't know, it's kind of a fun way uh, for, for me to think of life. I'm complete. Yeah, I like that, Carla. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, just seeing we just celebrated Halloween. Never liked that holiday. Now I know why. <laughs> Complete. <laughs> Thank you, Carl. While you were speaking, I came to me the way we get rid of that costume or drop it off is, is through forgiveness. It just kind of hit me hard. Thanks. Good point, Mary. Okay, thanks, Mary. I forgive Halloween. I'm complete. <laughs> you know, this is Carl again. I, you know, I think I don't think what changes, you know, as we go through this this uh, uh, experience, it's it's not the costume that changes. It's how we view ourselves in that costume and how we view the world from the body or that costume. That's what changes. That's what what um, what really, for me, heaven is all about. We can find heaven even while we're in that costume. Heaven is here in the play if we can change how we view the play. I'm complete. Very good. Thanks, Carl. I like that. I like the, I like the, uh, the uh, distinction that happens for me between the course of this human experience and what I genuinely am that's encapsulated in that well-known idea that I'm not a, I'm not a human having a, a spiritual experience, but I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. Um, that, for me, helps explain how it is that uh, what I am is never at peril by what occurs within my experience of this life and this world. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. I'm complete. Thanks. I love that. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Lee. It's Chris. And I, I'm, I'm just thinking about this costuming thing and change. I mean, I really have an aversion to Halloween. I always, once I was, I don't know, like once you start learning how to babysit and get money, like the thought of having to work so hard to get candy just lost its appeal to me. And I know it seems silly, but I never enjoyed the, the whole ha- Halloween experience. Even when I had kids, it, it was really frustrating to me. And I thought it was because of the death glorification, but I don't think that's it. I think it's what you're talking about, Carl, that we, or me as a human experience, my spiritual being just keeps trying to change my costume. I keep trying to change who I am to find who I'm happy. And I think that's what's causing me the angst of the concept of, of costuming. Um, and that's why what happened to me this morning was so profound that it's not outside of me that keeps changing. And I know that this lesson keeps coming up and up. And for some reason, I think I'm finally understanding it, that it is all 
truly this one understanding of, of all of us that truly is eternal. And it gives me such great peace. And I feel so grateful to have you all here to help, to help me understand that and somehow share it with the world. I am complete. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Beautiful. Thanks, Chris. How about a dreamy long prayer this morning? <laughs> I'd love to. And this is such a beautiful, amazing, well, they all are. <laughs> okay. And then to continue, we could join together in the after call. So if we're all ready, we'll end our time together by becoming quiet. And we close our eyes, draw that awareness within. It's that mindfulness we come to again, which we can come to in any holy instant. Each instant we can be mindful, like pearls strung together. From that place of stillness and quiet and peace, We open our awareness to changelessness. We read today the changeless dwelling place. I want to dream today, right now, that I can loosen my hold on what I think a place is and let my thinking be fluid and liquid I want to let my concepts melt into the unknown so that I may open my mind to a new world, a new vista, a new place where the peace of God abides. As I do this, the idea of place loses its firm definition in time and form and now my mind opens to what could be. It opens to what really is in place of what I thought was there. Now there is a place without limitation of time and solid form. Now there is a place eternal and changeless. And it is right here in this place right now that I can sense presence as I open to it. Quote, the still infinity of endless peace surrounds you gently in its soft embrace, so strong and quiet, tranquil in the might of its creator, nothing can intrude upon the sacred sun of God himself, unquote. I want to dream today, right now, that I can fulfill the role the Holy Spirit gives to me to see my brother as he truly is. I want to come to know this endless tranquility deep within me and in my brother as well. Quote, nothing is asked of you to accept the changeless and eternal that abide in him, your brother. For your identity is there, and every thought of love you offer him, your brother, but brings you nearer to your awakening to peace eternal and to endless joy, unquote. I want to dream the happy dream that I join hands with my brother in innocence, Knowing we are God's son and are not defined by our limiting thoughts, I want to let in the knowing my brother is as worthy of God's love as I am. No matter what we choose to demonstrate in the illusion, only love is real. So we pray, Father, Mother, God, let me choose one dream, a dream I share with my brother, of unity and peace, of sinlessness and guiltlessness and wholeness, a dream of forgiveness. In this one dream, let me remember we are one Son, united with our Creator, 
and let you remember in this holy instant of now there is but one dreamer and but one dream with no separation between the dream and the dream. There's only mind. There's only love. Now your words echo in my soul. Quote. There is a resting place so still no sound except a hymn to heaven rises up to gladden God the Father and the Son. Where both abide are they remembered both. And where they are is heaven and is peace. Think not that you can change their dwelling place for your identity abides in them and where they are forever must you be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Reverend Richard. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys.